0: today on the news and why it matters is Hillary okay oh got a lot to get into and it starts right now welcome to the news and why it matters I am Sarah Gonzalez today joined by Philadelphia Eagles fans Stubergeer
1: Happy National Green Sweater Day,
0: everybody. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I didn't... I'm, I'm wearing a pink sweater, though.
1: I mean, you don't have to celebrate. We have I get a, the memo. Uh, We respect choices here <laughs> I, I, I look at my email every day, so...
0: Uh, Aaron Colin from TheBlaze.com and Rob Eno, Blaze Media Critic. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, we got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing which should be your go-to financing place if you've got a home loan, you're looking for a new home, because you're like, hey, interest rates are really great right now and I need a new house. If you're refi... What if you wanted to
1: finance an entire defensive roster of the NFL (laughs) team? Would you do that through American Financing? Yes. I'm in the market here. Yes, yes, Mm
0: -hmm. you could also do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whatever the case may be, whatever you need the loan for, uh, American Financing is where you want to go. They have salary-based professionals, not commission-based people who are like, Okay. Which of these deals is going to get me the biggest kickback from this institution? Yeah, that's the one I want to do for these people. No, that's not who American finance is. Uh, American financing is. So uh, if you're in the market for any of those things, suggest you check them out. They will walk you through everything. I know Stu did business with them not too long ago, mm-hmm. and they walked him through all of his stupid questions. And mm-hmm. he had a lot of them. I
1: have a lot of them. <laughs> almost, on almost everything, but they right. specifically were on the finance stuff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you can go to AmericanFinancing.net or you can call 800 906 2440. That is Americanfinancing.net. So, Hillary Clinton, it's been an interesting couple months for Hillary Clinton. Uh, she's been making the rounds, doing the interviews with Chelsea, I guess, because she has a new book. Uh, so, she was interviewed, when was this, over the weekend or Friday? And, uh, okay, October 17th. Thank you, uh, Control, but I don't know what day that was of the week. But, um, So she said something very interesting about fellow Democrat Tulsi Gabbard. Watch. I'm not making any predictions, but I think they've got their eye on somebody who's currently in the Democratic (laughs) primary and are grooming her to be the third party candidate. She's the favorite of the Russians. They have a bunch of sites and bots and other ways of supporting her so far, and that's assuming Jill Stein will give it up, which she might not, because she's also a Russian right. uh, asset. Who knew? I, this is shocking. Yeah. I'm sh- I had no idea that we already knew that Tulsi Gabbard was a Russian asset. So. Yeah,
1: uh, it's interesting, because uh, a lot of people are saying uh, you know, this is a conspiracy theory, and it's not. It's two conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> it's that Tulsi Gabbard is a Russian asset and Jill Stein is a Russian <laughs> asset. Neither one of those have any evidence whatsoever to support them. Um, you think that someone who actually was you know, very, very close. Remember, 40,000 people switch w- their vote from one way to the other. We have a president, Hillary Clinton, if it happens in the right, the right states. Uh, she's very close to winning the White House and almost, you know, probably could have won it in 2008 if she wasn't such a terrible candidate. <laughs> uh, and here she is, I mean, a conspiracy theorist. And, you know, I, maybe we should have picked this up when she went on the air and called a, talked about a vast right-wing conspiracy. But this is not the first time. This is, these are multiple conspiracy theorists over a long period of time, and she is essentially just a left-wing Alex Jones, which also Alex Jones is a left-wing Alex Jones. It's a totally different situ- story that we can talk about <laughs> later. Uh, but this is not, this is not a, a situation where uh, this is out of character for her. Mm-hmm. This is where she jumps. Uh, and you know, as a person who went through um, you know, a devastating defeat and flopping on her face in front of all of America. <laughs> and if you think about it from her situation, it really is a difficult thing she went through. I mean, yeah. her friends, everyone around her, thinks the worst thing that has ever happened in the in the history of the United States happened because she sucked at what she was trying to do. We're
2: trying to make Hillary Clinton a sympathetic figure here. <laughs> I know it's, it's hard for
1: me to get on yeah. board with that. I know. I mean, it's. I don't. I. It does not make me feel bad for her. It does not excuse her actions. But if you think about, she has, I think, no choice as a human being other than to try to find conspiracy theories as to why she lost. Mm Because other than that, she's basically saying she herself, by her incompetence, ruined the country. That is the view of her and every one of her friends. So uh, it's a tough place to be. I'm not surprised she reaches for conspiracy theories.
2: Sure. Where did Jill Stein come from in this, first of all? I don't really know how she got into the equation. And also, I mean, Russian bots, they do a lot of stuff. Does, does that make you a Russian asset because some Russian bots are tweeting about you? I don't
0: think I don't we know. can control what the wor- I, Russian bots do. I didn't do. think
2: that Tulsi Gabbard had control over the Russian bots, but apparently... She would be
1: a well, Russian asset if she by did Controlled
2: by, yeah. 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 So by it. Uh, to, to Jill Stein point, I mean...
3: I grew up in Massachusetts, right? So from almost my entire adult life, Jill Stein has been running for an office as a Green Party candidate. So the Russians groomed her really low when she <laughs> ran for, like, treasurer of Massachusetts and lieutenant governor of Massachusetts and mm-hmm. governor of Massachusetts. And then she tried to run for Congress and some other things. So they started low. It's a long game, apparently. But to your point about Hillary Clinton, it's, it's absolutely right, right? I mean, she needs to internalize something that's not her. Mm-hmm. That she did not win because it's got to be something that her. And the media has been harping on on Russian collusion this entire time. I'm just concerned for Tulsi Gabbard because Tulsi Gabbard fought back and Mm -hmm. fighting back against the Clintons does not (laughs) always end well. Um, So I am just I I actually when I saw Tulsi fight back, I, I wanted her to say at some point in time that, you know, She didn't want to be suicided, but, you know, we'll see what
0: happens. (laughs) Uh, She did fight back. She came out and released a video shortly after Hillary Clinton's comments were made. Here is what Tulsi had to say.
4: I am not afraid to openly express my love for our country. But if they can falsely portray me as a traitor, then they can do it to anyone. And in fact, that's exactly the message that they want to get across to you. That if you stand up against Hillary and the party power brokers... If you stand up to the rich and powerful elite and the war machine, they will destroy you and discredit your message. But here is the truth. They will not intimidate us. They will not silence us. We are not here just to protest their corruption. I am running for president to take the Democratic Party and our country back from the corrupt elite.
0: All right, I want to get into the substance of this, but can we just get out of the way? Girl looks great in white, but she's turning into the female version of Beto. You got to wear something else every once in a while. (laughs) I have not seen her not in white in like the last, what, three debates, and now she's doing the videos in white. We get it. You look great in white, but just find another color every once in a while is my advice as the sitting fashion expert on the show.
1: You're not getting this from the other networks. This sort of analysis. <laughs> exactly. that's a not a happening.
0: hard-hitting <laughs> analysis here, uh, Stu. What are your thoughts on <laughs> well, her comments? She's not wrong.
1: First of all, she's totally right, and it's uh, you know she's look. She's got some out there views on stuff um, on on a lot of things. However, she comes off as much more sensible than Hillary Clinton, um, and she is. She's a serious person. I think that's what one of the reasons why. People gravitate to her um, that might not normally even consider a Democrat. Um, you know, Glenn's point today was if she ran as a third-party candidate, who she's pull- who is she pulling from? I think she's probably pulling from Trump voters. Mm. You know, she, yeah. she there's I think a she, lot both uh, maybe I think. both, but I yeah. think maybe his theory was in excess. It would be uh, it would be Trump voters because you know you see obviously he, she's running in the the primary, she's getting two or three mm-hmm. percent, but there's a lot of interest on her from the right. I my theory on that is kind of that she's the most sane-looking one out of that group a lot of times. Um, so uh, that could just be, you know, uh, if she actually ran as a third-party candidate, maybe she wouldn't get too much love. But stepping back from that, this is, some, this is a, uh, a situation that's gone on for a while between Hillary and Tulsi, and that Hillary, uh, ha- Tulsi was one of the first co-chairs of the DNC to step down and endorse Bernie Sanders. And one of the first people who came out and said, hey, the DNC has his finger on the scale, for, uh, for Hillary over Bernie, and that's not fair, and that's not right. So she's hated mm-hmm. Tulsi for a long time. Isn't for being
0: it? what seems to be morally sound.
1: Right, morally sound and correct, again, on both of these mm. counts. I mean, she wasn't lying. She yeah. wasn't making it up. We all found out about this stuff later on. Not that I think Hillary was going to lose anyway. I think she was going to win the election anyway, and she won by multiple millions of votes. wasn't all that close with Bernie. It was just closer than it should have been. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think Gabbard here has the high ground. I mean, and to the to the extent, which is bizarre, is that you see uh, the media, you see a lot of Democrats siding with Gabbard. It shows how worthless Hillary Clinton is to them now. They they have no use for her anymore. They're all pissed off at her for losing in twenty sixteen. They don't want to see her face. They want her to go away. Stop writing your stupid books. Leave us alone. That's what they want.
2: Aaron, this might be the best thing that's happened to Gabbard. I mean, what well, she had 1%, 2% in the polls. This gives her a relevance. I mean, we're talking about a rivalry between somebody who's not running and somebody who's at 1%. It's fun, but it's not really relevant to anything that's happening. So it's nothing but good for Tulsi. So good for her, I that's guess.
0: A, that's a great point. Unintended consequences might backfire. What do you think,
3: Rob? Because I value my life, Hillary, I just want you to know that that's exactly what a Russian asset would say, <laughs> that she's not a Russian asset. <laughs> but, no, but no, seriously, I, I think it, to, to, to Glenn's point, to your point, the whole, we're going after the corrupt, powerful elite, that's why Donald Trump won mm-hmm. the election, mm-hmm. is that he was going against the corrupt, powerful elite. And I think it does pull, it might not pull the Republicans, but it might pull some of those lunch pail Democrats that, that see the coastal elites as not being in with their favor. But, you know, don't, don't forget, Tulsi's like a closet socialist, too. I mean, she, oh, she's it. been pictured with with Antifa members. I mean, she, she's not... with Bernie, like, Bernie Sanders. Yeah, with Bernie uh, Sanders. Yeah, I uh, mean, it's... You know, who vaca- speaking of Russian assets who vacation, you know, that, who takes their honeymoon to the Soviet <laughs> Union, <laughs> yes. Bernie Sanders, um, you know, is the answer to that question. But, yeah, I mean, it's she she is a complete far leftist. She doesn't oh. even she doesn't even come close, but she's anti-war. And yeah. I think that as, as having served, she's an anti-war person. And I think that's where the Republican Party is going after a long time, is going to a more isolationist, its original viewpoint um, of the Republican Party. And I think that, that people are sick of never-ending wars. And I think that's where she gets some
1: That's of it, definitely where right? I think the lineman yeah. is with Tulsi. I mean, but, you know, she's, she's not making a, a huge impact.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but I, there is, she's got a kind of an oddball set of views, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't really cleanly fit into the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't really cleanly at all fit into the Republican Party. Uh, but she's got a good presentation. She's a serious person. And, you know, anytime you're on the opposite side of Hillary Clinton, people are going to like you.
0: <laughs> uh, well, poor Jill Stein. Jill Stein was like, "Wait a second, how? What? How did I get into this? I, I was didn't have, any, have anything to do with this." Here's Jill Stein uh, on CNN responding to Hillary Clinton's comments. Watch. Are you a Russian spy? <laughs> no I am not a Russian spy I think this is a completely
4: unhinged conspiracy theory for which there is absolutely no basis in fact not for myself and not for Tulsi Gabbard I think it's it's really outrageous that Hillary Clinton is trying to promote this crazy idea you know you can't just slander people you have to present some basis in fact uh, he'll uh Tulsi has said that she is dedicated to running as a Green, as a Democrat, and she has been for her whole life, so that's pretty believable. I am not running for office, somehow Hillary Clinton didn't do her Google research or she would know that I am not running. Uh, so it's preposterous to say, if I will give it up, um, you know, this is just a, it's a wild and insulting theory and I think it speaks
0: to Hillary's need to try to explain perhaps to herself, you know, why her campaign was not successful. When you've got Jill Stein calling you a conspiracy theorist. That is your way down the
1: road there, because Jill herself has uh, all sorts of battles in that particular arena. Uh, This is typical of candidates, though. Whenever they lose, they blame it on the third-party candidate. It's not the third-party candidate's fault. It's your job to win these votes. It's your job. They're not yours, and then you're losing them to the Green Party candidate. They are votes that you, as a candidate, have to win. The person who's voting gets to choose who they vote for. It's not your possession that they're taking from you. That's not the way that works. And these candidates continually look at that the opposite way. Who knows if any of these people that voted for Jill Stein would have actually voted for Hillary. They may have just stayed home. They usually do. People who are going to go that way don't get too excited about the two-party system. And a lot of times they just won't vote at all. Uh, So it is a, a typical sort of bailout strategy for a candidate that lost. They did this. They pitted on Ralph Nader back in the day. Um, and would the, the same way, I mean, Ralph Nader has the right to run. This is America.
0: Yeah. Um, before we move on from Hillary. So Hillary thought herself to be quite the comedian uh, over the weekend. She tweeted out kind of a mockery of President Trump's letter to the president of uh, Turkey, Erdogan. And, it, you know, it's like, don't be a jerk. OK, get your missiles out of Cuba. Everybody will say, Yay, you're the best. But if you don't, everybody, everybody will be like, What a, I don't know why that's not censored. And call uh, your garbage country the Soviet bunion. You're really busting my hump here. And uh, she thought she was very, very funny. She said, found in the archives. (laughs) And that's just left it on Twitter. Oh, well, it turns out someone else gave that joke first. It was Jimmy Kimmel. Watch. It's
4: funny because on this very date, October 16th, 57 years ago, the Cuban Missile Crisis started. And this letter from Trump is eerily similar to a letter jfk sent khrushchev when we found out the soviets were putting nukes in cuba he wrote at that time dear premier khrushchev don't be a okay get your missiles out of cuba everybody will say yay khrushchev you're the best but if you don't everybody will be like what an a-hole and call your garbage country the soviet bunion you're really busting my nuts here Give you a jingle later. Hugs, Johnson, (laughs) Sheryl Kennedy. So I don't know, maybe Trump is one of the great.
0: Okay, so that was supposed to be Kennedy. Uh, But how is she going to just rip that off word for word and not even give credit to the comedian who came up with it? That's pretty bad.
3: Not only did she rip it off word for word, she didn't even use his picture. Yeah. He censored the two yeah. words. I know, that that's right why I was did. like, like wait, wait a second, like, that one censored. Second. She censored the two words that, that, or uncensored the two words that he did censor. It, it's just... Maybe it's,
1: they posted a different version online, online Yeah, that she, maybe that they, she, that she took. They, I mean, but she, she
0: could have, but if they did, that would make it even worse, because then why wouldn't she have just retweeted it? Like, if they had just posted it on Twitter, she could have done the quote retweet instead of saving it and posting it as her own, right?
1: Definitely breaking all sorts of uh, Twitter etiquette rules here, not to mention, you know, like, I mean, that's just basically through stealing, stealing material. Jokes, yeah. um, but again, I think maybe the bigger question here is why the hell is Hillary Clinton tweeting jokes? Like, okay, when you're running a campaign, <laughs> I could at least, okay, you're trying to relate to the people in right. a totally robotic way. What is she doing? Go away. Do Why? we think that she's
2: tweeting these jokes or that her Yeah, just want her people, yeah, maybe. Just so thoughts yeah. and prayers to the intern who stole that joke and <laughs> fired on him because yeah. he might yeah. be like in just trouble. she just might be in trouble.
1: Jokes about them murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like, you just can't help yourself. Oh, it's a joke to you. Well, yeah, I'm alive.
1: That's Until...
0: Right. For <laughs> All right, back in a minute. Ah. <laughs> uh. Before we get back into the conversation, we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Uh, So unfortunately, Relief Factor does not work when you are dealing with pain from a really bad football loss the previous night.
1: Well, I'm willing to try it. (laughs) (laughs) let's see.
0: But it is there for millions of Americans who just struggle with constant pain. Uh, Maybe you're just getting up there in age. Maybe you have had some sort of, you know, injury. Maybe you were in the military and your joints just don't work like they used to anymore. You got to try Relief Factor. Uh, They have a three-week quick start pack that you can get for $19.95 and 70% of the people who try that go on to keep ordering more. So it's working for that many people. It's worked for me. Um, It's worked for so many of us here at the studios. It can work for you. And here's the thing, if it does, it changes your life. Because I know what it's like to be in pain. You just walk around, you're grumpy all the time. You're snapping at your spouse because you're just in pain. It doesn't have to be that way. You gotta go to relieffactor.com, get that quick start pack for $19.95, or you can call 800-500-8384. That is relieffactor.com. So for some reason, uh, the mainstream media keeps interviewing Robert Francis O'Rourke. I'm not entirely sure why, because he's polling at like negative two. But he keeps on going on television and saying all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, This time, it was again, he's doubling down on comparing President Trump to Hitler. Watch.
4: President Trump, perhaps inspired by Goebbels and the propagandists of the Third Reich seem to employ this tactic that the bigger the lie, the more obscene the injustice, uh, the more dizzying the pace of this bizarre behavior, the less likely we are to be able to do something about it. Did I hear you correctly say that perhaps he was influenced by Goebbels and the Third Reich in terms of uh, uh, telling a big lie? I just want to make sure that's what I heard you say. That's right. There is so much that is resonant of the Third Reich in this (laughs) administration, whether it is attempting to ban all people (laughs) of one religion and saying that Muslims are somehow inherently dangerous or defective or disqualified. Uh, Outside of Nazi Germany, it's hard for me to find another modern democracy that had the audacity to to say something like this.
0: Al Sharpton's trying to give him the out. Gave him the He's exit like, ramp. Are, are you, you sure that. you want to stand by that? No, I, I think Al Sharpton's like, I'm about to go viral.
1: My yeah. show's going
3: to get some hits. <laughs> are you sure you just used the Nazi thing? Cause, let's
0: go.
1: I had absolutely no idea he had a show. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it,
0: it, it, I think it's once a week. It's once what, yeah. a week. Because he it used, used to, to have one, on like, one like back in the day. day. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Is he really like after I enjoy is it like
1: um, the A.M. Joy, Al Sharpton block? <laughs> oh, my God. He's hilarious. The like, guy, I, I, he doesn't speak normally. No. Like, I don't, he's a very strange, like, sing-songy pattern that he does. <laughs> Hillary has a weird sing-songy pattern, too. That's another story. Does she? She does. Like, no, I was, no, 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 we were no, watching no. some old clips of her uh, doing speeches. When she gives speeches, she's very, this weird, like, sing-songy thing. It comes off as very inauthentic, yeah. which is why everyone couldn't stand her. Um, but on Beto, I mean, obviously, he's just flailing and desperate, and he'll, he's trying anything. He's uh, doing an interview on the sh- probably the sh- channel that hosts his next job, uh, <laughs> MSNBC. Uh, he's uh, really, I mean, it's over for him, and, and he probably knows it. Um, but it's just amazing that these guys can just say this. I mean... A lot of things that are reminiscent of the Third Reich. Like, Is there a worst thing you could say about any human being? I mean, it's like the worst possible thing. And they just say it and get away with it. And nobody, nobody seems to bother.
0: Yeah, I seem to not recall, Aaron, Trump ever saying that Muslims were defective.
2: Well, I mean, you need to pay attention more. <laughs> really? It's out there, right? I missed right? it. I
0: guess I missed it.
2: Now, it used to be kind of funny to watch Beto do this because it was like, wow, this is crazy stuff he's saying. But now it's like every day. And it doesn't even have any impact. It's, not, it's just getting tiring. And it'll be nice to see him drop out. I don't know. He might have enough money to make it to the end of this thing. But whether it's on guns or abortion or Nazis, I mean, he just goes to the furthest extreme to get on TV and, you know, get us to talk about him a little bit, I guess. And that's his only goal. He has no chance to win, so...
3: Yeah. 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 Bet- Beto. Oh, sorry, I can't say Beto. Bob Frank is late to the party. Um, there, there have been Democrats saying this about Trump and Republicans forever. I, did, I was telling you before the show, back in 2017, I did like a whole top 10 times be- that Republicans were called Hitler. You know, they had the MoveOn.org had submissions that were Bush's Hitler. Um, and then when I was looking at that, the the one that's always been funny to me and the, the Boston Globe has now swiped it off of the Internet is back in February of 2017, much like this was to Goebbels, um, a writer at the Boston Globe submitted an op-ed, and they published it saying that Trump's signature looked like Heinrich Himmler's. (laughs) Like, literally, that was something that got ink and press in the Boston Globe. And then it's just, it's absolutely crazy. I want to correct you. I think you, you meant to say Goebbels? Mm, gerbils, it, yeah. Gerbils, Gerbils, like gerbils. He says
1: Gerbils like gerbils. Gerbils, there is the both. I've seen both pronounced. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, can I do one of my most h- annoying historical things though here? Because because uh, Beto did it there, or excuse me, Bob Frank um, did it there. The Hitler big lie thing, you know, the bigger the lie, the mm-hmm. more easy it is to believe. People act as if Hitler said that so, telling everyone the story about how he was lying about every all the Jews, and this is how he won people over. That is not how he said it at all. He was Now, again, Hitler's the worst person who's ever lived, so keep this in context here. <laughs> but he was saying that about the Jews. He was saying that's what Jews did. This is not something you want to quote. He, it is an anti-Semitic trope where he's saying Jews are lying all the time, and you shouldn't believe them, and the things they say, like they're not running the world, is the biggest lie of all, and that's why people will believe it. So it was not him like saying, you know what, I have a good strategy in which I'm going to lie very large and then people are going to go along with it. It's actually the opposite. Hitler said that to describe the Jews. It's a terrible, terrible anti-Semitic thing. And no one e- people constantly quote it in that context. It should not be used in that context. But of course. We're talking Bob Frank here. Right. He doesn't know what he's talking about.
2: He's so yeah. terrible he makes Stu have to explain Hitler's words and <laughs> sort of clarify for Hitler. That's he's how so
0: terrible it. he makes Stu a Hitler <laughs> apologist. Am, I'm excited for Media Matters tomorrow. Media <laughs> <laughs> Matters, Stu Brigade. I'm going to send them in the clip. <laughs> I'm going to send <laughs> them. <laughs> <so I'm gonna laughs> apologize. Oh. Okay, how badly do you guys think that the Democratic Party wants him out? Like, just shut up. Stop talking. Stop going yeah. on CNN and telling them what we're really planning on doing with guns. Like, please just shut up. We need
1: to
2: shrink these debates and get him out of there. And uh, He's not going to make the next one.
1: I mean, not, his polling, good. I don't think he has a chance of making the next one. He's going to miss it because of the polling uh, requirements. We did a, I did a segment on this on Friday on radio, and it's like, this is one of the most spectacular collapses we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is Enron-level collapse. He's not only taking himself out, he's taking the economy out with him. He's taking the Democratic Party out because now they're all forced to admit about you know, things about gun confiscation and 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 taking you know uh, tax deductions away from churches, all these things that the Democrats don't want to talk about, he keeps pointing a flashlight at, and that's not good for the Democrats. Yeah. All right, back in a minute. <laughs> just be clear, I was not. not no, 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 no. I was, Already said it. No, but I was clear. I said.
2: I, <laughs>
0: Is cheese is a big difference. <laughs> uh, if you have not yet gotten your tickets to the M1 Ball, it is taking place this weekend. It is Saturday. There's going to be drinks and food and music and a really good time, live and silent auctions. There, someone, I don't know if they're gonna be not at the ball or at the ball, but someone who has entered in the Mercedes-Benz raffle is going to win a brand new Mercedes-Benz. And tickets for that, it's only a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks a ticket. So could you imagine, guys, new Mercedes-Benz for a hundred bucks? You can't beat it. You gotta go to mercuryone.org m1ball, find out all the details there. Glenn's going to be there. Tanya's going to be there. I'm going to be there. So many of us are going to be there. We hope to see you there.
3: Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial
1: at blazetv.com.
0: Uh, A new law in California is just once again proving California does not really care about their people. Rob, tell us about this new freelance writer's law that was just passed.
3: Right, it was passed, it comes into effect January 1st. So on January 1st, as a freelance writer, which a lot of us Mm -hmm. started out as, Mm -hmm. Um, you can write 35 articles a year. Now, I don't know if it's 35 articles a year for one publication or if it's 35 articles a year just for yourself to get paid on. Now, you know, we know you get paid, what, 100 or $200 per, per freelance article, which is why you have to write a lot mm-hmm, of them, mm-hmm. right? And the, the, the assemblywoman that put this into place said she was doing it so people could get stable and um, – what's that word that the left always uses um, – uh, jobs that allow people a living wage, that they ah, can earn a living yes. wage with their thing, right? So when asked why she came up with 35 articles, she's like, well, I figured, you know, we looked at a columnist and, a, you know, if you're a weekly columnist, you write 52 a year. So we took that by half and said like 25. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then we got pushback. So we said 35. They basically pulled it out of there, you know where um, they put it in. But I'm just happy. Because there's all these freelance writers, you know, are now out of jobs and they they can't work and at least have work, you know, scooping up poop in San Francisco.
0: Well, hold on. So you said that she indicated that it was to help out people to get a living wage. So why would you cap the amount of money that they could make if you were interested in... Because getting them more money. Because they're stuck in a 20th century
3: mindset where you have to actually work for a company and get benefits and get taxes taken out so Mm -hmm. you're not having to pay quarterlies and the government has to wait three months to Mm -hmm. get their money. You know, a lot of these people are stuck in that 20th century mindset where you need to have a job. At a company, you can't do it. My, my dad was like that with my brother. My brother's a photographer, right? And he gets a lot of freelance gigs. And my dad was like, well, when are you going to get a job at like, a place where you stay in one place? That's not that economy. And in, in California, how's that going to affect you know, people that write movie scripts and do that sort of thing? But, but it's funny. You know, One of the things that I found out is places like, you ever look at Celebrity Net Worth or read one of their articles, which mm-hmm. are like horribly written? Apparently, some of these freelance writers, they, they actually have humans that write those articles. They're not like <laughs> AI-generated. Shocking. Um, but, I mean, that, that's what these places are going to go with, right? I mean, we, we have AI that automatically writes articles now mm-hmm. for certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, a company faced with, oh, I've got to hire somebody, bring them on, I have to pay their FICA, I have to pay, right. you know, insurance, is just going to turn more to AI and do that. These people in government don't understand where the economy is going, mm-hmm. and they want to go back to a time that isn't ever going to be like that again. And, and then they admit that they just pull it out
0: of thin air. Yeah, it's crazy. Aaron, what are your thoughts on this I, being a you know a writer?
2: Yeah, I freelance sometimes and I know people who freelance, and it's it would be devastating to limit that income because so many news organizations struggle to be able to hire full-time staffers. I mean, a lot of these places are making cuts. they don't they can't hire a lot of people, so they depend on freelancers. And a lot of people choose to freelance because it pays better than the full-time salary they might get somewhere. So it's gonna just upend a lot of people's livelihood and possibly force them to other careers. It's not gonna force companies to suddenly just open up more positions. I mean, that logic is backwards. It doesn't make any sense. It's just going to force companies to try to find more freelancers to spread it out. So if somebody maxes out, they will just go get somebody else. And overall quality of the product you know, at these organizations is going to go down. So I don't see the upside for it at yeah. all.
0: I think uh, uh, an even deeper problem in this is, Rob, as you mentioned, that they're just pulling this number out of thin air, right? They're not the experts. They haven't done the research. And we see this so often in government. I mean, we look at the Affordable uh, Care Act. I mean, so much of this I work in the in the insurance industry in the health insurance industry so I'm looking at it as someone who comes you know this is my area of expertise and I'm like how did you where did you get this conclusion like how are you connecting these dots that can't be connected Oh, that's right. Because you have no clue what you're talking about, what the industry you know is like. You have no expertise in this area, yet you're passing laws limiting all of these things. That's when it gets dangerous. I feel
3: right, and, and, and you get this weird notion, right? Like she said that they looked at a weekly columnist right right a weekly columnist is somebody that is at the pinnacle of yeah, their career that's not a freelance has either. right it's not a freelance yeah. writer they it, it actually in a way is because right. a lot of them are syndicated they're getting a syndicate they syndicated columns they're coming from around the country a bunch of papers are putting their things in you know regular columnists at newspapers write one or two columns a day mm-hmm. and and you i mean you guys know you write mm-hmm. three or four stories a day and in most news organizations people are on desks, they're writing four or five stories. Now, if she had used that and done Mm -hmm. five stories times five days a week times 365, Mm -hmm. divided that number in half and increased that by 50%, we'd be at a place that might be a real thing, but nobody's writing 52 stories a day and I remember, at any publication and getting paid a full-time
2: wage. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. I remember back when the law was changed to where organizations had to give health insurance to people who work 30 hours or more. Mm-hmm. Well, all these newspapers, I remember looking for jobs. They just cut the hours down to yep. 29.5. Yep. And so that was the only kind of job you could get. And they just find ways to work around it. It doesn't benefit the workers when you do that. Right. And it's not just the news industry, right? You, you mentioned health insurance. You know, it's that 50. I think it was
3: like 50 workers. If you had 50 workers, mm-hmm. you had to give them health insurance, or you got you could So, what a lot of 51. companies would do would just start a bunch of LLCs. Like I, mm-hmm. I have a, a friend who who works at a um, house cleaning company, right? Mm-hmm. So the way they got around it is the house cleaning company became the place that took all of the that took all of the orders, mm-hmm. and then they had a bunch of little other LLCs right. or sub companies that they would then contract to send the cleaning person out so that they wouldn't have to give the cleaning, you know, there's always way, they build all these ways around it, but this one doesn't seem, it was basically based on, you know, everybody hates Uber, right, because you can make your own job and you don't have to work for somebody and you you feel like you're working for Uber, but you're not, you're an independent contractor. This was that law that was supposed to try and stop that in California. So not only are people going to be doing freelances, you're going to go back to a place where you have to like wait for a cab that's never going to show up in California.
0: So maybe they meant rider- Not right, her. They just got, they they just crossed some lines (laughs) along the way. (laughs) Whoops. Uh, All right. So, a transgender athlete, Rachel McKinnon, a biological male who, of course, identifies as a female. Once again, we've got a transgender athlete championship. She won the Women's Masters Track Cycling World Championship sprint title. (gasps) For the second year in a row, I know you guys are shocked. That's shocking. Please bring your jaws up off the floor. Uh, She was competing in the female 35 to 39 sprint category. She is 37. She said a new world best time. And she is very upset um, that people are being transphobic and criticizing her win. Um, she said, uh, there were much more barriers this year, a much bigger spotlight, truly incessant hate and people doing everything in their power to have me banned, make me fail and make me quit. But I didn't and I won't. Erin, is it hate to say that a biological man should not be competing in women's sports?
2: I didn't think so, but apparently it is, so I'll be careful, you know, what I say here. But, I mean, we're gonna see this over and over again, and I don't know I don't know how many people it's gonna take before this becomes a bigger problem. You know, when it's one or two people here and there, then it becomes a little bit of a headline, and then it moves on. When it's cycling, maybe it's not a big deal. But when this comes into different sports, maybe if somebody goes into the WNBA, maybe that's a bigger deal. You know, I don't know, women's softball, a sport that gets more attention, maybe in the Olympics or something. Maybe then people will really start to address this issue of competitive imbalance and understand that it's not about hate. It's not about even personal opinions on whether this lifestyle is right or wrong. It's just about you have to have some sort of order and organization in order to run these leagues, in order to have these competitions. Otherwise, these records are going to start meaning nothing. And I know that's not the most important thing in the world, but to these athletes, it is. To the people who make their livelihood off of it, it is an important thing, and we have to address it.
3: Yeah. Rob? Yeah, I mean, you know, the NCAA has Title IX, right? That the mm-hmm. federal thing that says you have to have equal... Support for female and male sports, and it was something that feminists got pushed in. It, and now men are just competing, or biological men that that you know develop their bodies to a late age with the muscles that come with having extra testosterone. Men's bodies are just stronger on average than females' bodies. I'm gonna, not going to say that you know there's the East German women um, that, that that probably could give a lot of men a run for their money, but it's just you know look at look at a. Uh, what do you call it there, a marathon, right? We just had a guy that broke the two-hour mark. I, used to, I grew up watching the Boston Marathon because I grew up in, in Boston. The women are still a half an hour behind. Like, a woman just can't run that fast. Right. The, the, the physiological bodies are different. And, you know, maybe, maybe they like to call it sex, right? It's not gender, it's sex. Maybe we just have sex-based competition. That if you're a biological male or a biological female, it's, it's absolutely crazy to me. And I feel bad for for girls, right, mm-hmm. that are coming up in high school sports. Yeah, what happened to women's men, rights? Yeah, and they've got, where got men. Where do those go? They've got men playing, you know, sports. There was a, a school, a high school I saw last week where they've gone to general gender-neutral bathrooms mm-hmm. in the whole place. Mm-hmm. And the girls in that school hold it all day and just don't go to the bathroom mm-hmm. because they're afraid to go in. To the bathroom. As a 16-year-old male, like when I was 16 back in the, the late 80s, early 90s, I, I mean, we would have loved this whole mm-hmm. stupidity, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I mean, be honest. Yeah. And, and they just, they don't take human nature into it because it's, well, what is it, you know, if you, you want to know who's in charge, you got to figure out who you can't criticize, Yeah. Um, And I think that that's a lot of what this proves.
0: Speaking of uh, bathrooms and the transgender issue, um, Always, which I'm sitting with two gentlemen, so I'll just let you know that is a a menstrual product company. It's called Always. They have now caved to a boycott campaign against them that began when transgender activists noticed that Always placed the Venus symbol, the circle with the plus sign or the cross between it, um, (laughs) on their packaging And they didn't like it because that was insinuating that menstrual products are only for women, which obviously we know that they're not. So uh, they've now caved and they are going to remove all of that from their
2: packaging. So what's the the counterpoint here that there are men who use these products? Is that what we're...
0: Yes, there are. Yes. So what they said was uh, it's imperative that you have, that you do not have this sign on your sanitary products. There are non binary and oh. trans folks who still need to use your products too, you know. And it's there's preventing them from using the product. They can't mm-hmm. open the, it's like, it's like vampires with crosses. If you're non binary
2: and it says woman, then you can't use it. It doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, it's
0: you. Like, like, like vampires that. with crosses. You try <laughs> to open it and you're like, I can't touch it. I can't touch it. I can't do anything about it. Come on.
2: Right.
3: It's ridiculous. At first, I was thinking that they, they were talking about that there were biological males that think they're females that wanted to use the product. That's what I was concerned But That's what about. I was thinking. <laughs> I was trying to get oh, my right head on. around it. But I guess, you know, if you're a biological female and you identify as male... and Then not,
0: I don't care. You not can have use the, the tampon to stop it, with you know? the Venus symbol on right. it.
3: Right, exactly. It, it's, it's just... I, I mean, are they using it for when they shave to, like, blot you know, a shave cut or something? I mean, I, it's... Oh, and that, now we should give them all for free, too. Yes. Because Robert Francis said that. that yes, you know, yes. So, so the... He needs one. The men <clears throat> should get there always without a Venus symbol. For I
2: think free. what we see with this, is with the athletics, with these products, the transgender movement, it, it requires all of society to just shift and turn upside down. It's not just asking, hey, can you treat us with kindness and respect? You have to flip everything over, upside down, change everything from the labels to your package, to the bathroom, to how you do sport. Everything has to change, it's, it's a lot.
0: Certainly the pendulum will swing back soon. No. Because that's a lot of capitulating for a small percentage of the population. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I wonder if that population is growing, don't you think? I am. Call me a hater. I don't think (laughs) that a tiny percentage of the population should rule and control everything that everyone and every business does. I just don't get it. It's it's
3: absolutely insane. It's gotten out of control.
0: Uh, All right. Uh, Friday's poll question, who is the most corrupt? Out of the choices that you had, 78% of you said Hillary Clinton. I thought so, too. That was not a tough one. Uh, 15% said Adam Schiff, Shifty Schiff. 4% said Donald Trump. Donald Trump got more than Joe Biden. That's interesting. Joe Biden only got 3%. Who is taking these polls? You guys are just trolling me right now. Donald Trump ahead of Joe Biden? Come on.
2: Joe Biden had no scandals
0: in his administration. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. He and Barack, they were totally clean. They were totally clean. All right. Today's poll. Should Hillary Clinton jump into the 2020 Democratic primary? Um, I feel like we've talked about this before. We've had this poll question before. This is an open-ended question, and it, it all is up to your interpretation of why should she jump in? Okay, should she jump in so she could win? Should she jump in so that Trump could just, you know... I think Run over
2: all her? Of it. I think the field is so weak. Maybe she wins. I don't know. And, you know, if she jumps in, it would make it work that all this publicity she's doing. What's she doing it for? Why is she attacking candidates? Why is she in the news attacking Trump? What is she doing if she's not going to run? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think she could win. There's nobody that strong in the field. So go for it. It'll be entertaining.
0: Oh, you think she, she could win in the, in the primary? In the, in the
2: primary. Yeah, okay. I think she could win the primary. And
0: then, then what not? do you think happens in the general? I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> We've seen it before. We have Seen it before. But this it'll be, is a rerun. You know what? It'll be fun to watch it again.
0: Yeah.
2: What are your thoughts, Rob? No, I, I I just think it would be awesome.
3: If she jumped in because it would be a joy to come to work every day and just cover that yet once again. I mean, it's she she just has this amazing ability to to just be the most narcissistic person on the planet, mm-hmm. um, and it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what she's going to do is she's going to get an RV and she's going to park it in the middle of Wisconsin and just make sure she's there all of the time mm. to make sure that she sees them. Miss out. Yeah. It's just, um, and, you know, in that RV, in the bathroom will probably be another email server.
0: So. Well, all I know is if Hillary Clinton jumps back in, we're going to need a lot more whiskey here uh, at the studio. Let us know what you think. You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Oh, uh, I am not kidding about the whiskey. <laughs> not enough whiskey. That's
3: true. That's a- Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.